0: Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Dante Parker, Laquan McDonald, Tanisha Anderson, Tamir Rice, Matthew Ajibade, Natasha McKenna, Anthony Hill, Philip White. Walter Scott.
1: John Crawford III. Azel Ford. Michelle Cousaw. George Mann. Akai Gurley. Romaine Brisbane. Frank Smart. Tawny Robinson. Maya Hall. Eric Harris. William Chapman
0: II. Alexa Christian. Brandon Glenn. Victor Manuel La Rosa, Jonathan Sanders, Freddie Blue, Joseph Mann, Salvado Ellswood, Sandra Bland, Albert Joseph Davis, Darius Stewart, Billy Ray Davis, Samuel DuBose, Michael Sabby, Brian Keith Day, Christian Taylor, Troy Robinson, Felix Cummy, Keith Harrison McLeod, Junior Prosper Lamontes-Jones. Peterson Brown, Dominic Hutchinson, Anthony Ashford, Alonzo Smith, Tyree Craftford, India Kager, Levante Biggs, Michael Lee Marshall, Jamar Clark, Richard Perkins, Nathaniel Harris Pickett, Benny Lee Tigner, Miguel Espinal, Michael Noel, Kevin Matthews,
1: Batty Jones, Keith Childers Jr., Jeanette Wilson, Randy Nelson, Antroni Scott, Wendell Celestine, David Joseph, Celine Rockmore, Christopher Davis, Marco Loud, Peter Gaines, Tory Robinson, Darius Robinson, Kevin Hicks, Mary Truxillo, DeMarcus Seymour, Willie Tillman, Terrell Thomas, Sylville Smith, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Terrence Crutcher, Paul O'Neill, Alteria Woods, Jordan Edwards. Aaron Bailey, Ronley Foster, Stephen Clark, Antoine Rose Second, Bothman Jean Pamela Turner, Dominique Clayton, Christopher Whitfield
0: George Floyd.
1: George Floyd George Floyd
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Tell Me A Story. My name is Nobitsa.
1: And I'm Sarah, and today we are going to talk about the history of racial discrimination and police brutality in the United States.
0: The names you heard at the beginning of this episode are names of the victims of police brutality in recent years. Almost all of them were African American. This problem went unnoticed for so long, and things escalated on the 25th of May 2020 when George Floyd, a 46-year-old black male, died in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, after he was choked by a police officer by the name of Derek
1: Chauvin for eight minutes. In this episode, we won't have a guest speaker like we usually do. We won't talk to anyone who has experienced racial discrimination or police brutality on their own skin because of their own safety reasons. Um, However, we will have a guest speaker who will share their opinions on police brutality with us shortly. And in the midst of this chaos, we thought that it is really important to accentuate the history of racism, the history of racial discrimination, and the history of police brutality in the United States. And I think it's really important that more and more people are, are becoming aware of how big of an issue this is. Mr. Floyd did
0: not attempt to evade arrest. Yet he was held to the ground, and even though he repeatedly said that he cannot breathe, Officer Chauvin refused to remove his knee from Mr. Floyd's neck. Until, that is, Mr. Floyd died. In the United States, this has sparked huge controversy. And the police officers, along with Mr. Chaffin, who were present at the crime scene, were not held accountable. The people of the America rose up against it. Peaceful protests were started. And somewhere along the way, the police started responding to peaceful protests with tear gas and violence. So what what we will try to uncover today is how did all of this happen? How did years and years of, firstly, racism, but then also police brutality, went unnoticed? How is it that we realize that this is a problem just now, and why? How many people had to die for us to realize that this was a problem?
1: I think it's also important to note that this is not the first riot and protest that has been caused by police brutality and racial discrimination in the United States. Um, There's been a long history of riots and protests um, that have been caused by police brutality and discrimination that people of color um, have experienced in the United States but it is only now that this is getting this big and what we were able to um what we were able to witness was that so many people started joining the protest and it's not only people of color it's white people it's everyone who start, who noticed that this is a major issue and that this is something that needs to be addressed and this is something that needs to change
0: in order to get to the core of this problem i'm going to ask you to join me on a travel back in time. To the times where America was first colonized. You see, the colonizers wanted this land. They knew that they could make something out of it. And something that the United States are still based on today is their freedom. How separate they are from what is United Kingdom today. Firstly, in order to colonize that land... People that we now know as American citizens had to chase away and murder thousands and thousands of people that lived on that land. Some of them were enslaved, some of them brutally killed, some of them died of illness, and some of them were chased away into an entirely different climate. That is how far they had to go. They changed the climate. But the problem here starts when the colonizers realize that for them, this isn't enough. And so they start taking slaves from Africa. And at first, those weren't large numbers. But as it was, let's say, beginning of the 17th century, when this problem arose, more and more ships shipped African people to America. And those people had no rights. Their only role was to be slaves to work for someone else. And these slaves, they mostly worked on cotton mills or plantages. And in a lot, a lot of cases, their owners let's let's put it that way because that's what they were. Their owners controlled whether they got married or not, what they what they did, what they ate if they ate at all. A lot of them were very violent. There is a history, confirmed history, of sexual assault against African-American women in that time. And that didn't change, even after the legendary civil war, even after Lincoln helped abolish slavery. Even though, yes, slavery wasn't as prominent in south of the states as it was in the north, it still existed. So, And even after all of this was done, nothing changed, not not much changed. White people, white Americans still saw black people as something less. In the 19th and 20th century, that's where the change started happening. That's when people started realizing that, hey, even if they look different, we are all the same. We all have the same abilities, we all deserve the same chances. Yet somehow, not everyone realized that yet even though it's the 21st century.
1: When addressing police brutality, I think it's reasonable to say that it has been rooted in American society ever since African American people have been a part of um, American community. And even during the, um, the period of slavery, I mean, slave owners racially discriminated African American people, um, but police also treated them differently the only difference was, back then, it was aligned with law. And in the 1700s, uh, slave patrols started emerging. And um, these slave patrols were a part of... There were police units that had every right to forcefully enter any home, um, regardless of their race, ethnicity, social status, Um they were allowed to forcefully enter any house, and if they if they suspected that they were sheltering workers who have escaped, escaped their slave owners.
0: I think it's very important to note that police brutality and racism are not only American problems; they are present everywhere. But at this point in time, we believe that it is the most important to address the issue within the United States, as it has been the most prominent, and the most common in recent years?
1: I think we all see police brutality as more of a recent issue. However, I think it's reasonable to say that it has been present in American society for a long, long time, for centuries, actually. Um, But it's just that back then it was kind of normal because everyone treated African American people differently. And it's only now that we all start seeing start recognizing this as a very important issue that needs to be addressed but it has actually been a part of um society for a long long time and i think it's logical that this um issue is the biggest in the united states because it's a country with the most um it's diverse community um however we were able to see that People from other countries around the world started supporting these riots and protests by protesting on their own in their own countries. And we can see in Paris and France that people also started protesting to firstly support um, American protesters, but also because they want to address the issue of racism in their country as well. What do you think?
0: caused all of this to get so out of hand is there is there like a specific reason or is it just simply that people are messed up
1: Uh, well if we're talking about police brutality and racial discrimination i think it all dates back to centuries um ago as we mentioned earlier so i think it's just that some uh stereotypes have been established over the years And that some people, of course, not everyone, but some people um, see people of color as a bigger threat than white people, which is 100% wrong. But I think that, you know, we can see and hear so many um, stories about African-American people being violent and they have been characterized as violent in the media and generally in public um so I think that some people and some of their actions may have been influenced by these stereotypes that are still present in society. I mean we still have stereotypes that characterize women as um I mean members of society who just stay home and I think it's not only the stereotypes I think there still are some people who are racist and who Really visualize people of other races as less valuable, uh, which is a hundred percent wrong, and I'm not saying this is a- ma- majority of population, but I do believe that some of these people still exist um and I also think that maybe the authorities haven't realized how how much resistance there really is uh, to police brutality and to racial discrimination. I think there we have that we have seen a lot of protests um in our history and we have seen that people protested this kind of behavior but i don't think i think now people realize that it's everyone who see this as an issue and i think that this really may bring about some change to some extent
0: i can understand how stereotypes change the way we think and subconsciously change our decisions. But I don't think that there should ever be a reason for someone to die. Under any circumstances, one person should not, one life should not be taken away, no matter what whether that person belonged to this stereotype or to that stereotype, or did not belong to a stereotype at all. Because quite often, let's be honest, people are not the stereotype that they, that we see them as that we perceive them as. And also, there's this thing, why are we even talking about this? Why are two European white girls talking about this problem? Well, that's exactly why. Because we need, as a society, to go against that problem. Let's be honest. This isn't the problem of the black people. This is our problem. Because it's not the black people that started this. It's not black people who went, oh, let's be slaves. Let's be killed. No, all they tried to do was be human and be seen as equal. But for a very long time, for centuries, a lot of them didn't believe that they even had the chance. So right now, I think that as a society, we should start going against the stereotypes. Because that is the only way that we can actually make some change. To stop with stereotypes, especially stereotypes on who deserves to live and who deserves to die because that that's not even a stereotype that that's a whole nother thing which is very very warped and very very wrong and we need to start actually making a difference but in order to make a difference all people white of color no matter the gender the sexuality the opinion or whatever need to join together and to work on actually solving the problem and abolishing the stereotypes and punishing those who believe that someone is less worth than they are just because of their skin color.
1: So I told you in our first episode that um, in Chicago last summer I learned about Chicago police tortures of 70s and 80s and basically in this period police officers, some police officers led by John Burge would um, take uh, an African-American man. They would interrogate interrogate them, torture them until they confessed to crimes they did not commit in order to be incarcerated. And I remember that I was appalled um, with impunity that police officers enjoyed because they were not indicted for a long, long time. And I found it disgusting that we, I mean, that the authorities allow that policemen don't enjoy the same... They don't have the same punishment as normal people. If it was a regular man who suffocated an African-American person on the streets, um, I don't think they would be fired and then... (laughs) let let be let to live their lives normally again i think that they would suffer a lot worse and a lot harsher consequences and i think that this is one of the bigger problems um in this issue and of course the biggest problem is the, the racial discrimination and that the killing of uh george floyd was based on his race but i see it i think it's disgusting that just because someone is wearing a badge and just because that they were supposed to protect people's rights, they were supposed to uh, protect, Um, I mean, peace in uh, American community, they have killed a person and they're not going to suffer any cons- consequences rather than just being fired. And I think they may, of course, be... Uh, incarcerated. They are going to have. There is going to be a criminal trial. However, how many days have passed from the killing?
0: Personally, I'm a, I'm appalled that. I mean, I said this already. It's the 21st century. Why do people who believe that the color of their skin or a badge or whatever the color of their uniform give them the right to take someone's life away? And they are somewhat supported by the system. I mean. We've seen speeches and we've seen tweets from the president of the United States and we've seen him tear gassing peaceful protesters to get to the church. So the entire system is, in my opinion, a bit messed up. Well, not a bit. It's it's completely messed up. And some changes need to be made specifically in the United States, but also in the rest of the world that will protect the people because something that I found very interesting that I've found out only when I was reading about the protests, is that according to the constitution, according to the oath that they take, the police officers of the United States are not obligated to protect the citizens, but the constitution of the United States. And where does that leave us? What's more important? A piece of paper or hundreds or even thousands of lives?
1: I think that is a very good question that many, I think all of us should take some time to think about because this is not the only situation in which we were able to witness this kind of behavior um, by policemen. And if we go back um, a couple of decades um, to 1965, um, we were able to see, again, racial discrimination in, within the police units. I also think it's important to um to look back at the history of protests and riots that citizens have organized, mostly African American people, but that have organized in response to police brutality and racial discrimination in the United States. And in 1965, Watts riots were one of the most violent and largest uh, protests in the civil rights era and basically it started when marquette fry um, was was incarcerated it was he was pulled over and arrested by a white california patrolman for suspicion of driving while intoxicated And riots started to break out the next morning because he was arrested for something that they consider white men wouldn't be arrested for. Uh, And they requested more African American people to be added to California police. Um, However, this was rejected. And this led to an even bigger outrage and... It made the riots escalate and turn into one of the most violent riots um, of the time. These riots lasted for six days and resulted in more than $40 million worth of property damage. And they became really violent. There was fires. A mosque was burnt down. And over the course of these six days, over 14,000 California National Guard troops were mobilized in South Los Angeles and we have seen that american president has threatened that he will also introduce military and include military in order to suppress the riots if needed and we have kind of seen to some extent a similar scenario to what we have seen we have been seeing these days just that back then it was only in los angeles and now it's in all 50 states
0: also i think one could argue that now this is almost a worldwide thing because as you mentioned earlier paris is has stood up against this and there have been protests in london i think in berlin as well and a lot of countries have voiced their approval of the protests and a fight for the lives that have been unrightfully taken and i think even though we can't we can't get them back we can't get the lives lost back i think I think they deserve some justice and I think that the future generations deserve that we assure that this never happens again.
1: I completely support the riots because I think that people should not just sit back and um, accept what has been going on and what has been done to African-American people. But what I am disappointed with is that in the media most of the things that you can see are the fires breaking of the stores and the violent aspect of the protest whereas most of the protests actually have been peaceful and have been just trying to reach some kind of justice for George Floyd and to address this issue and to make the authorities more aware um, of how big this issue is um, and to voice their opinion and their uh, request for equality. However, a lot of media have presented these riots and protests as plain violent and something that just needs to be suppressed.
0: But also... Even though, yes, I, I agree that the violent part has been a very, very little minority. Uh, for example, the Target, which was uh, looted, one of the first one of the first, I guess, escalations of the protests. Target, the company, has released a statement saying that they can afford to pay all of the all of the workers until the Target is repaired and they can afford to not work for a while. And I think that's that's a very important message because even, even the corporations have noticed that this is a problem. For example, Lego has, uh, pull, has donated over $40 million to the people that were arrested and to projects that have been started throughout the protests, but have also uh, pulled all of their police officer toys from production and from selling until further notice. Which I think is a very good way to kind of say that, to show that people are still resisting and there are still people who believe in good things. And maybe I think I'm I'm listening to myself and Sarah is talking facts, 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 and I'm talking talking emotionally. But I think that that's also very good to some extent, I guess, because I think these things can be solved. If we look strictly at the facts. these things can't be solved unless we're angry. Unless we realize, Jesus Christ, this needs to stop. <laughs> so, and I think that perhaps I am i might be wrong. I guess, Sarah, you can correct me. Or you guys, if you want to, you can always email us at tellmeastoryofficialmail at gmail.com. I think that it's really good that we get to see both facts and emotions here. And that we get to see multiple perspectives. And I think in this problem, especially, the United States and the world have shown different perspectives. But all of those perspectives point to one thing, and that is stop violence against African Americans, stop violence against Black people, stop violence entirely.
1: And now, as we usually do, we don't want to make this only about our opinions. Um, and our stances and point of view. I think we have clearly set <laughs> um, that we are completely against police brutality and that we appall the behavior that has been, um, and that we have been able to see in the media in the previous days, but we're actually able to see it throughout the years. Um, now we would like to introduce our guest speaker our friend from South Korea who will share her own opinion on this issue with us and with you and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to our show.
2: Hi, my name is Michelle Moon from Busan, South Korea and I'm so excited to be a part of the podcast finally. Tell Me a Story has been one of my most favorite podcasts ever and holds a special place in my heart. I'm extremely thrilled that I'm becoming a part of its history and also talking about an extremely important issue that I feel really passionate about and that is racial discrimination. Racial discrimination is when a person negatively stereotypes, attacks, ridicules, mistreats another person just because of their race and identity. Racism has always been so prevalent in American society. It's become a part of the cultural and societal paradigm. Or in other words, it's become normalized. Some people are racist and they don't even know they're being racist. Some people are racist and they don't think there's a problem with it. Well, one day, while attempting to educate myself more about racial discrimination in the U.S., I happened to come across a quote that still resonates and sticks in my memory. That quote was, quote, Slavery was never abolished. It only evolved. Peoples are still looked down upon, mistreated, robbed of their basic human rights just because of their race, Just because they're black. And this is honestly unacceptable. We are living in the 21st century. And we should not have to still deal with this problem of systematic racism. For my opinion on the way the US government has been responding to this problem, well, I don't think the government has been doing much. But... I want to take this opportunity to suggest a few ways the government could adjust to help. It's hard to say, but it'd be impossible to bring back the lives of George Floyd and all the other innocent lives that were taken as a result of violence and injustice stemming from racial hatred and discrimination. We can't change what has happened, we can't change history and they will always be a part of our history in our hearts remembered. But there is sure one thing we can change, and that is our future. Together, we can try to influence and educate our younger generations and even our current generation to speak up for racial minority groups as well as to never tolerate racism. We need to learn what racism is and what we can do to stop racism. And that starts with education. Also, the problem with police brutality is just so devastating. Police are people who serve our community. They should be trusted. And we depend on them for life or death situations. The other day, I was watching a video on how easy it is to become a police in the United States. It requires only 9 months of training and schooling, and does not require a college degree. That may explain why there is a lack of security within the US's police system, and I feel like police officers who do not follow basic and just procedures must, must be subjected to appropriate punishment and or re-education. The police who had murdered and tortured George Floyd was not when he had over 17 complaints against him. I repeat, 17. These are, I think, some of some first steps the US government can take to appropriately respond to the problem of police brutality as well as racism, systematic racism. I feel like one thing we need to always keep in mind is that all lives matter. It's not only black lives, but also mentally ill black people, black females, The LGBTQ plus community, Asians, Muslim Americans, Mexicans, Palestinians, the list goes on. On June 23rd, 2012, we had a horrendous incident where four correctional officers literally boiled, boiled, and tortured a black man who was suffering from schizophrenia and cocaine possession. It took around an hour to two hours for him to die. And the heat of the water was so high that his skin was literally peeling off. His name was Darren Rainey. More recently, in 2017, we had a young woman raped murdered and left dead inside a freezer as if she was something for something to be used something to be objectified her name was Kanika jenkins and everyone who is a race minority should bond together and fight for this justice Because we all deserve to be treated equally and justly. We should not be looked down upon, degraded, nor robbed of our basic human rights. These are our basic human rights. Everyone has their own special entitlement to their basic human rights. And no one should be able to rob someone else's human rights also remember silence is violence and if we don't act now when when will we act when will we make change will we leave the problem looming in our paradigm unattended no well at least i don't think that'd be a smart idea would it? Do everything you can to support the protests. Donate to the cause and speak up about it to bring about change and to achieve justice, equality, and basic human rights for all lives and races and ethnicities and genders we start a new decade 2020 and i hope i dream that everyone can cherish one another and we can all achieve equality for all thank you
0: thank you for taking the time to talk to us um i think i think we should kind of elaborate on the reason we are making this episode in the first place and it it has been I think a bit informative perhaps but both Sarah and I firmly believe that in this situation silence is violence and that sentence has been thrown around a lot these days but as I said this is our problem as much as it's a problem of the African-American people or even more so because we are the ones that started it and I think our message should be pretty clear at this point, but let's, let's put it in a more concise manner. And that is, let's stop violence against people for absolutely no reason. And even if there is a reason, there should never be violence. There is never an excuse for violence. And let's work as a society to stop the stereotypes, to stop the unhealthy stereotypes, And to learn to live together as a community and to learn to love each other for things that make us different rather than hate because of something as trivial trivial as the skin color. So I think the message of this podcast is love.
1: So we would like to thank our guest speaker for talking to us today and to thank all of you for listening to us. Um, And as always, we have a quote ready for you. And this time we think that it's really important that you really think about this because this is something important. This is an excerpt from a police code. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith in alliance to the same that I take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me, God.